Hi, and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So, a little bit about me and what Behind the Wheel is all about. My name is Muhammad Ali Haji, and a few years ago, I thought I really had it all. A great job, great money, an amazing wife, and on the way to rise to the top within my field of work. However, I was fat, really fat, like huge. And soon, due to a variety of reasons, I found myself in a different role that I absolutely hated. Very quickly, I was in a very dark place, hating what I was doing each day and using food and sleep as my mechanism for escaping. It got so bad that I used to sleep until 5pm, just after my wife would come back home and I'd rush out of bed, do the dishes and pretend like I'd been up for the entire day. It's crazy how life can take a turn for the worst so quickly. I also had huge limiting beliefs, such as I had no way of finding a better job, despite my wife's continuous rambling about how I deserve better and how I could very well find something that I absolutely loved. I didn't listen, but the more I didn't listen, the more my belly began to grow. I pretty much woke up one day and realised it was time to change. And in that moment, I realised that perhaps the most easiest thing to change was my health. I joined a really good gym and the weight slowly began to drop. It was during this period that I began to also change my outlook on life. I stopped blaming the people around me. I stopped blaming my boss. I stopped blaming my wife. And I started to take real accountability for my situation and the circumstances that I found myself in. Things got better over time. And soon, I found myself in a much better shape and I finally found a better job. However, not too long ago, I found myself crying. A grown man crying himself to sleep. Rather pathetic, right? See, I always knew that I wanted to achieve so much more in life. I looked up to the greats of this world, like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs to Muhammad Ali and Bill Gates. People who had achieved so much. See, before, I just told myself that they were lucky the stars just aligned for them and I really had no chance of even creating as Steve Jobs famously said my own dent in the universe I always had a huge passion for cars and I wasn't doing anything about it day by day week by week I just went to bed thinking what if and then shrugged it off but in that moment when you're on your bed your pillow wet with tears of regret with a bit of embarrassment I made a decision. That decision was to create something that is based on my passion for cars, as well as my desire to ensure that nobody goes through what I've been through. Here is where I stand. We only have one life. Behind the Wheel seeks to unite those who want to live a life of purpose, passion, meaning and service through our common and shared love for cars that push the boundaries of speed, luxury and performance. Through this podcast, you will hear from people who work and or own with some of the most phenomenal cars on the face of this earth, to hear from them how they got to where they are, and share in our joint fascination for cars that push the boundaries of what is possible. Hello all, and thank you so much for joining us today uh, for the Behind the Wheel podcast. I am absolutely delighted to welcome Mark Webb to the podcast. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Mo, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about. 
So, uh, my name is is Mark Webb. Um, I currently am the founder of Supercar Fest, uh, which is uh, what we like to call the the most family friendly and accessible supercar events in in the UK. Um, We'll come to that a little bit more in a minute. My background um, over the last 10 years, uh, I was living in the Middle East. I was living in Dubai after a, an opportunity I, I had to go over there. I kind of left everything I was I was doing here, uh, jumped on a plane, arrived in Dubai. I had no job. I had a couple of friends over there. Uh, so I was kind of one of those people that arrived in a big, scary foreign country with, with nothing to, uh, no way of earning any money, really. Uh, other than what was was in my in my wallet, so uh, I did what a lot of people do, uh, especially in a place like Dubai. You, you go out, you network, you go to bars, you meet people, you get introduced to various people. Um, and after quite a while, it took me some time. Um, I ended up um, landing a role with a with a sports agency over there, um, and kind of. Played to my strengths, which at the time was was uh, I was working in the in the golf industry back here in the UK, um, and the sports agency they were doing kind of brand activations. Um, they did corporate sports, uh, corporate sports tournaments. <clears throat> um, one of the things they didn't do was was golf, and um, golf is obviously quite an interesting sport in the way well, it could be could be not very interesting to some people, but um, it, it was interesting because it's, it can be played at so many different uh, ages and levels. So I introduced golf to the, to the company. Um, <clears throat> we started a golf league. We started a corporate golf event. Um, we started working with some really cool brands and really cool businesses um, over in Dubai. Um, and kind of from there, I, I found my place and we ended up, um we did, did a lot with with brands like ford and volkswagen uh we worked with gillette we worked with castrol um and we we put on golf events we put on some football events we did uh, a junior big junior global tournament for, for volkswagen part of their csr program which i headed up um and i kind of just found all these different avenues in in terms of uh putting on events uh, and brand activation through sport, which was really exciting. Sport has been my passion. Um, and I, I, I found myself in that amazing position, which so many people want to do is I was working for a sports company, earning money, putting on sports events, working with the coolest team. Um, but yeah, working, working within my passion. Uh, and it was, it was, it was really cool, fun, crazy hours, day and night didn't care um also got to play a lot of free golf as well which which is good <laughs> a place like dubai because it's very expensive um and enjoyed the lifestyle as well it was kind of you know that that, that cliche work hard play hard um I, I i definitely i definitely did that uh so I, I i spent about seven years there ended up being poached and working for a for a, a bigger sports marketing agency and we we were running uh, football legends events with the likes of Paul Scholes and Luis Vigo and Shevchenko, those kind of names. And we ran some some pretty cool events uh, in Dubai and Asia and Bangkok, um, and also uh, a big event in, in Las Vegas as well, which which is uh, definitely a work hard, play hard kind of place. So uh, we had a lot of fun and 
work with yeah work with some amazing people i met some amazing people uh work with some great brands like i said but you know it was never ever going to be forever um in 2017 i decided that i kind of had enough of making other people lots and lots of money and i thought it was time to look into the next kind of stage in my career and after putting on these events for various different companies and various different brands i i thought it's time that i ran my own event um and was my own boss um and yeah it was it was it was time to leave the middle east um and it was probably just as scary coming back to the uk as it was leaving the uk seven years later um because you know seven years is a long time lots of things change uh and yeah we uh, i came back with my now wife um lindsay who who worked for emirates as, as cabin crew so she's traveled more than anyone um and yeah we, we came back to to northamptonshire to the same place that i lived before we we moved before i moved um and yeah i set up my own company with the aim of putting on my own event but it was uh it was it was quite a challenge to start with um it wasn't just you know oh hey let's set up a new company um and, and get on with it there was a lot of challenges um and it and it takes time you know everyone says it takes time um there was a lot of hurdles um a lot of resistance you know a lot of negativity but that's that's what you get i think in starting your own business and you you you've got to be strong um and you 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 you've got to have that go get attitude um you really you really do have to get it you've got to learn to fall down and, and and get back up and i've done that many times so yeah so fast forward to 2019 i finally launched my own event um sorry 2018 we launched 2019 the event took place and then 2020 happened <laughs> so there's another hurdle for you <laughs> what what you know you, you mentioned you know it's really hard in those in those early stages what what kept you going what was what was what was the fuel if you like that kept you going every single day i enjoyed what i was doing that's that's number one um you know, I, okay, I run the supercar event called Supercar Fest, but I also have my own marketing business as well, um, where I look after just a, just a few clients. You know, I I am I don't have a big team of people around me. Um, I actually only work with I, I work with my father, who is on on the on Supercar Fest. He is my kind of silent partner, but people people know who he is um i'm more the face of it um and then i have a, a, a social media guy as well um so we are we're, we're not this big team um but yeah i think what 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 kept me going was was the end goal um but you know what is that end goal i think you, you, there is always an end goal no matter what stage you're at you know i don't think i will ever kind of you know complete the career ladder there'll always be something more that i want to do um because i just think i'm i'm you know yes i think i am i'm hungry for success um but i want to enjoy it along the way and it's it's kind of it's like some weird drug that that goes on in your brain 
Um, <clears throat> and once you've, you know, especially in events, when you've put one event on, you want to do it again the next year, but better and so on and so on and so on. Um, you know, we, we had a conversation the other day, Mo, about, um, you know, always, always learning from your mistakes um, and learning that, you know, criticism is actually a really, really good thing. Um, and that's something that I've, I've really, really learned is how to take criticism, take it on board, learn from it, learn from your mistakes, etc. And then in events for me within my career is how to make it better for the next one um, and create, you know, events are just a simple experience for people. Um, you're putting on a show, people are spending their hard earned money to come to it. I want them to go away and absolutely have had the best time of their lives, but I will absolutely love a conversation with people who come to me and say, you know, that was a great event, blah, blah, blah. However, what would have been good if you could have done da, 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 da. And I take that on board. And that's, that's, I think you really got to learn how to do that. And I think that's why I can, you know, I really strive to, to just make sure that every year is, is, is going to be better. Even though this is just such a young event still, I really, I really, I really like, like I like to think that way is that every year it's going to get better and better and better and bigger and bigger as well. That's kind of that's kind of my goal, and it and it just won't stop. There's there's so many things that I think you know the the, the fact that it is about falling in love with the process and and just really enjoying what you do every single day. Um, there's the fact that you know you need to be focusing on um, giving people something that's valuable. I mean, I heard this thing the day about you know. If you make enough people happy, the money will come, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's so so true. But just just looking back on your experiences of uh, doing your own thing and becoming your own boss, and how scary that was. Um, if you're sort of talking to your younger self, what sort of things would you would you perhaps be quite keen to uh, impart, uh, having having gone through what you've gone through? Because there's there's people out there who are, I suppose, perhaps quite scared, um, quite um, uh, quite quite worried about this desire, about this this um, this idea of leaving their job and, and starting fresh. What would you say are the, are the are the two or three key things that you'd be quite keen to kind of put forward as as ideas or suggestions or just you know tips if you like having having gone through that kind of process. An interesting question because I, I think that um, even though people, I think what COVID has done has created a lot of people, created their own bosses um, because people, yes, they're they're not their own boss, but they're working as an employee. But because they've been working at home, they've had to manage their time a lot better. So they probably have kind of become their own bosses in, in a way. So they've kind of had that feeling. Um, so if there is a kind of positive coming out of COVID, I would say that that's that's definitely one is that people have learned to manage their own time. And being your own boss, absolutely one of the biggest things is learning how to manage your own time. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you've got to start your own business. You're going to have to work 23 hours a day. Um, you know, that's that's that's. Well, sometimes the case for me, for me, you know, a week before an event, yeah, I wish there was twenty-eight hours in a day. Um, but yeah, le- learning learning to be your own boss um, 
is very much about managing your own time. Um, but it, but in a healthy way, I think, um, you know, my wife is always saying to me, you know, make sure you take breaks, you know, don't just keep sitting at your computer for six hours at a time. Cause yeah, you know, I work in events and it's not as glamorous as it sometimes sounds. I am sitting in front of a computer. I do a lot of other stuff. I do a lot of design work, graphic design, you know, nowadays we're having a lot of calls on, on the computer on zoom. Um, so you asked for three. I think just that, that one is just massively important is learning how to manage your own time. That's so, so interesting. Um, tell us a little bit about, about Supercar Fest and, uh, and, and uh, what it's about. Yeah, so um, my, my father has been involved in, in motor racing since a, a very, very long time. Um, he ran Nigel Mansell back in 1977. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's ran various race teams. He's managed many drivers. Um, and he, he, he worked in his passion, um, which is obviously a hot, hot topic with us, is, 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 you know, how, how can you earn money doing your passion? Well, he did that. Um, growing up, I was that kid that, was being dragged to motor racing events every weekend, got there, here's your bike, off you go, causing all sorts of chaos. But it was looking back, you know, it was, it was great fun. Um, so for me, I always wanted to end up working within my passion. I, I, you know, I, I have done in the last kind of 10 to 15 years, I've worked in, in sport in general and I, and I love sport. Um, how did I get into Supercar Fest? Like I said earlier, I've, I've always wanted to run my own event um and once my father retired for about the fourth time he gets bored very quickly um we kind of sat down together and uh, and said look you know why don't, why don't we do something together now that i'm back from from living in in the middle east is why don't we do something together while we can um you know cars was you know it was always we know we know what we're doing with cars i like cars anyway he likes motor racing um, you know, I've got my marketing background. I've worked in events for the last 12, 15 years. So we kind of had the complete skill set sitting in this box waiting to just explode. Um, and at the time it was in at the end of 2018 and we, we knew, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of kind of supercar action going on. Um, my father's into classic cars. He has a couple himself and he loves taking them to events and things and, some of these events he goes to, he sees these supercars and, you know, when someone starts up a Lamborghini, everyone kind of goes away from the classic car and stands by this Lamborghini or Ferrari just, and they start revving it and they want to hear that. Um, and what we did was we kind of looked into what events are out there. Um, so we, we decided we wanted to put on some form of supercar event. So we, we did what you do in any business with any business idea. One of the first things you do is, you go and do your research and look at your competition. And we realized that there's some amazing events out there, but a lot of them are quite, quite expensive um, to go to as a, as a family. Um, some of them kind of can be a little bit standoffish, maybe a little bit snobby. Um, and from that, we, and, th- and then there's a lot of events where the cars just sit still. Um, and to me, I would like to go to a car event because that's what I've done growing up. I've been to motor racing events and you see these cars moving. 
Um, and there just wasn't that many accessible events where the supercars can actually, uh, you can actually go and watch and see them in action and smell them. Um, so we decided to um, do something which no one else had done yet before. And we put on a supercar event at a hill climb venue um, in Worcestershire. It's the oldest hill climb venue in the world. It's actually one of the oldest motorsport venues in the world called Chelsea Walsh Hill Climb. Um, so we had our idea, we had our venue, we put everything together, we did did all our marketing thing, um, and we launched in, I think we launched, the idea was at the end of 2018, we launched in February 2019, and a few days later we sold our own sold our end, our first ticket wow um, at the start of and that was a great feeling and even today i still got that same feeling when we sell tickets um it, it hasn't changed you know we are still taking people's hard-earned cash and putting it into a ticket for something that they can come to and enjoy with their family and it's and uh that's what we're doing so we've we've in turn we've we've developed what we like to call the most family friendly, accessible and affordable supercar events in the UK. And we have, we have two this year, one in May um, and and one at at the hill climb in August. So what does a, what does a typical sort of day look like? (laughs) Um, I'm up early. Um, my wife tells me not to look at a screen straight away, um, which sometimes I listen to and sometimes I don't. It all depends on, on, on what, what, what's going on. Um, but for me, um, you know, with so I have 50% of my time is spent on the event and 50% of the time is spent on my, my marketing. Um, so I, I do a lot of social media lead generation for, for some companies. Uh, I build websites um as well as just doing some general marketing a little bit of graphic design getting away from that now um so what's my general day look like um lots of email admin first thing in the morning um wish wish i had a pa i really do it's getting to that point now um but i i do i i can't even answer that straight because i do everything myself um like i mentioned before i don't have that team um I try and give myself a little bit of structure. So I say, you know, two hours on this, two hours on this, one hour on this. Um, but I don't really set that until the day because I don't really know what's going to come in. Um, I work on a very much ad hoc basis, um, which is kind of fun, can be a bit stressful. I don't, don't know what's going to come in from various clients. Um, sometimes I can find myself spending too much time on on one thing. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of reactive to what's coming in. Um, but that's kind of exciting. I think for, for me, it's, you know, I, I don't have a weekly schedule at all. I have, you know, I have lists. My, my life is, is list after list after list. And that's yeah. kind of how I work. I do have a lot on, on Google docs as well. It's not just a, a notepad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that I don't, I don't, it might sound weird, but I don't have a massive structure and um, maybe, maybe I should a little bit, a little bit more. I guess, I guess it's figuring out what works for you, isn't it? And I think, I think people often kind of 
people are always after you know kind of a, a recipe for success but it isn't it's not as easy as that it's actually figuring out what works for you and then and yes. sticking to it um getting back to to supercar fest um and 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 the concept being that it's it's supposed to be a day that everyone can enjoy rather than just you know people with loads of money and who have the yeah. who have the ability to spend that money you know to to, to go and experience a ferrari or a, or, a, or a lamborghini how is that translated practically then in terms of um in terms of the actual activities yeah. that go on well i when I was growing up, I had the Ferrari F40 Athena poster on my wall, the one that had the bigger one at the top and the two underneath. So for me, growing up as a kid, that you know that was that was the car that I always wanted to be near, sit in, or have a ride in. Um, and that that came true. That dream came true in 2019. So that was that was that was my you know that was the, the car every, i think every little boy at some stage sees a car on the road now oh, i want to have a go in that i want to have a go in that i got to do that when i was 39 years old so that was awesome um so to answer your question that's what we do that's what we that's what we mean by the word accessible um and we we don't have we have very few roped off areas at the event we encourage the owners of the cars to speak to the, the visitors um, and speak to the kids. And if a kid says, oh, can I sit in your car? They say, absolutely, you can. And they sit in the car. Maybe the dad might just, we probably get just as excited and he'll sit in the passenger seat, you know, and have a photo taken, etc. And the dad will have a chat with the owner. Um, and it's just everything is on a level. Everything is on level. Doesn't matter if you own a million pound Bugatti, um, you know, or whether you're you're bringing your son to a supercar event for the first time. It, it, it makes no difference, um, and that's that's really what has kind of how the event has come into its own. Is that everyone's very much on a level. There's no snobbery. Um, it really is that accessible, um, and under 16s are free as well because we really would want to get. You know, the kids these days, you see them, drives me mad. You see them in restaurants on their iPads. You see them walking around on that. You know, we, we purposely do not have any kids activities at our events. We jokingly say that the cars are the, are the bouncy castles. That's what we say, because we don't want we don't want to have a fairground ride and the bouncy castles and stuff like that. We want the kids to get away from that, they want to come and see these cars and, you know, no matter how old they are. I mean, we have three or four-year-olds that come to our events and they they know exactly what make and model these cars are. It's incredible. Um, and that's probably because they've seen them on YouTube. But now what we do is we give them that opportunity to come and see them and not just see them, but get up close to them, sit in them, hold the wheel, etc. have their photo taken. Um, so... I guess you know we're, we're creating these this op- this opportunity. We're creating memories for these for these kids and and also the dads, but also me as well. Um, you know, this I, I got my ride in, in a Ferrari F40. I guess my next dream is to drive one. So let's see if that comes true in the next year or so. I, I find that so admirable. I think I think um, I think for kids, you know, there's a real kind of um, 
you know, I, I, th- I think I think it was Michael McIntyre. You know, that he, he made this joke once: the kids wake up in the morning, you just frisbee an iPad, and off they go for three hours. Yeah. But we seem to kind of forgotten, you know, the the pleasure and the joy and the satisfaction of being out there and seeing things in the flesh and experiencing it firsthand. And I think I think often it's 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 sad to see such amazing cars almost reserved for for the elite. And I think that there's so much value in trying to expose that joy and passion and excitement and thrill to perhaps people who have never really been able to see that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, we see it and we, we try and document it as well. And, you know, we, especially with social media these days, you know, we even have some, we even have some kids these days. One, obviously one of the things that they really want to get into is, 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 you know, what do you want to do? I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> well, that is a real thing. That is something. Um, and a lot of these kids are turning up and, you know, they've got their, they've got their phones and they're, you know, they're taking videos and they're taking great pictures and they're sharing them, etc. Um, so yeah, rather than watching all this stuff on their screens and stuff, yeah, they're putting, putting their devices to a better use, which might become, you know, might end up being a career for them. So it's kind of a, a lot of different angles. You, yeah. you, you can, you can it, look at it. It seems so apparent to me, Mark, that there is genuinely a, a deeper purpose behind what you're trying to do. Um, for you, I mean, how have you gone about? Was that a was that a was that a purpose? Was that done on purpose, or did that come about as a result of trying to do what you're doing right now? I'll be honest with you; it, it, it was a little bit of an accident. Um, you know, when when you're when you launch an event, you look at your marketing strategy, obviously. Um, and having the kids under 16 free, um, well, you know, a lot of events do charge a minimal amount. Um, but we, we decided, well, hang on a minute. If we, you know, if we charge, if kids are free, that's going to be quite attractive to the parents that are bringing them. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's like anything before you, before you run an event, you don't know how it's going to go. And a lot of things kind of do fall into place. And that was, that was definitely one of them. And, you know, we started, we started seeing, and we started hearing from a lot of people saying, Oh, so, you know, my child's 15, he can really come for free or she, um, like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And then it was like, Oh, but how, how, how are you going to know if he's what, what age they are? It's like, well, we're not, you know, at that point, we weren't really bothered. It was just like, let's just get, let's get the kids in. Let's get the kids in. Parents buy the tickets for themselves. They're really good value. Um, you know, we do camping as well. So it's a, one of the things we do is we compare the price of going to our event as it is the same price as going to the cinema on a Saturday night. So two adults, two kids going to the cinema on a Saturday night, uh, you know, buying the popcorn, buying all the fizzy pop, it's so expensive. It's so expensive these days. You know, it's 60 odd pounds. For that, you can come to our event, camp over for two nights, come to an amazing supercar event, get to sit in a Ferrari F40, eat some amazing street food, and listen to a live band until 10 p.m. in the evening. You know, and the kids can go to bed late in their tent. It's amazing. And that's a whole 48 hours rather than two hours of sitting in front of a screen in a cinema um so that's that kind of fell into place very quickly when we realized that you know what we're onto something here 
we've kind of captured a little bit of a niche in the market. It's affordable. People want to come to our event. There's a demand. Like, why is there a demand? And you kind of look into it and then you obviously, you, you put the event on and it, all of a sudden it's like, it all just, it all just, it all just comes together. I think, um, I think it's fair to say that I suppose for you, it's about trying many different things, trying many different angles and just seeing what works. Do you ever think about the what if and what people are going to think and what they're going to say and what if I fail? What if things don't work out? Does that ever sort of come to your mind? How do you go about, I suppose, rationalizing some of those experiments, yeah. if you like? Yeah, I mean, look, we 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 did we did various elements to the event that, that didn't work and they did fail. You know, big deal. You know, you, you you either change the concept a bit or you don't you don't do it. Um, I'm sure that you know we've had without obviously we didn't we didn't put the events on last year so we've we've got no excuses going into this year um but you know we'll, we'll still get things wrong um and you don't be don't be afraid of, of getting things wrong just make sure you learn from them when you do get them wrong um you know listen to people listen to feedback um you know, you're always going to get negative comments you know whether it's jealousy or someone's just you know had a bad night's sleep the night before um especially in events especially when you're dealing with with the general public you know you're there's always going to be something that someone doesn't like and a lot of the time they'll tell you about it um and it's about not being you know reactive to them in 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 an angry way it's at the end of the day we are we're we're putting on a service for for people that are you know they're, they're spending their money on to come to our events so Every single, you know, negative comment that we see written anywhere, you know, don't don't react to it straight away. Sit back, think about it, and try and try and work it out um, in a way that you know. Try and turn it into a positive, I guess, and think, well, how come they've said that? There must be a reason that they've come to that decision that 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 happened. Why? Sit down, think about it, and work it out. And if you can eliminate it for next time, then great. And uh, yeah, I think it's just always learning from from you know areas where you fail, um, and you know not trying not to make those mistakes again. But in the world of events, you will always get something wrong. You can't. There's no such thing as the perfect event. Absolutely not. There's always ways you can you can get better at, at, at various parts. And I think I think that applies to business as a whole, I guess. I mean, in business, you never really, you've got to be willing to try new things. You've got to be willing to experiment. You've got to be willing to get past judgment to a certain degree and just say, you know what, we're going to give it a go. Ultimately, we'll learn from it and then move forward. And I suppose often it's so easy to fall into stagnation and to fall into just doing the same thing over and over again because that's what you feel comfortable doing. But actually, I suppose you've got to kind of be willing to, try new things and almost put yourself out of your comfort zone to a certain degree as well, which can be quite, 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 uh, quite, quite hard to do. Definitely. Definitely. You've, you've got to put yourself out there. Um, you know, I, one, one of the things that I did back in 2016 um, was I, I went on live, Fox News Live in, in Las Vegas, in Nevada um, at 6 p.m. promoting this Legends football game we're doing. And that was 
big time outside of my comfort zone. I mean, it was live on one of those big, scary sets. Um, and I just kind of, I just kind of got lost in my own world. And, you know, the adrenaline was awesome. Um, it was nearly, nearly as scary as talking to you, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in, in terms of looking forward then, um, yeah. where do you see Supercar Fest going over the next 12 months? Yeah, I mean, you, you just mentioned there about um, you know you don't you don't you don't want to get stagnant. I guess one of the one of the luxuries we have with supercars is that every year there's new supercars. Um, so in terms of the event format, it could be quite similar each year, but you're going to guarantee that there's going to be new cars coming out. So that's pretty exciting um, for, for for the for the kids because they know exactly what cars are going to be there um and for us as organizers obviously trying to go and making sure we get those those cars um in terms of our our growth um you know we've we've got some goals uh i don't want to share them with everyone don't want to share my trade secrets but we we've got some we've got some some really good ideas going forward um we're working with some really cool people we're working with some great partners um so we've 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 got some we've got some really kind of interesting things coming up this year and then we're, we're kind of already in the background planning planning our next steps for, for next year talking to various people talking to some really cool brands that want to come on board some manufacturers we want to get a lot more involvement from manufacturers as well um that's definitely important for our growth um but you know, it's crazy because we've only done one event. We've done one event in the summer of 2019. Um, it feels like we've done so many, but we've actually only done one event, um, which a lot of people it does surprise a lot of people. Um, but I, I, I think that's a really that's a really good thing um, because people do kind of believe that we've been around for a lot longer than we have, and we've been putting these events on for a long time. Um, so yeah, I take I take that as a positive thing for sure. Definitely. In terms of COVID nineteen and, um, and 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 what's happened, I mean, what what has that? To, to what degree has that? Well, I guess it's it's obviously gonna it, it's obviously must have had, had some sort of impact. Oh. Um, what have you learned from it, and and how do you see that whole pandemic um, sort of shaping? Yeah, doing what you do <clears throat> later on is it is it going to have an impact, and and is that going to I suppose change the way that you do things going forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was I was one of those people back in March 2020 who, you know, I was suddenly I was suddenly scared um, in terms of you know work because because I'm self-employed, um, I work for myself. You know, I I'm, I'm not working for that big paycheck at the end of every month. So I, I guess there was no there was no security there to start with. And a lot of people were very scared about exactly what was going to happen. I had some of my contracts just suddenly went on pause um and with the events you know one in may one in august at, at that time we were thinking oh god are they, are they really you know neither of them we need we we didn't put either of them on um we we didn't we were we were i will say this we were might be a bit controversial but we were one of those events that did not offer refunds um and we did that we had to go into survival mode because if we would have had to refund it, everyone, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation now. Um, we, we did what we had to do to survive. Um, and people forget that, you know, when you're putting an event on, 
there's a it costs a lot of money. There's a lot of deposits you have with a lot of suppliers from you know putting big marquees up to venue deposits, etc. Um, and we 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 just wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, and 99% of people were incredibly supportive of us, which was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, look, people came to us and said, don't worry, keep our money, we'll buy a ticket for next year. Um, the, the, it was really overwhelming, the support that we got, um, you know, which, which, which you know, is, it says that we did a good job in 2019 and, and people believed in us and wanted to see us come back. But we were also not an expensive event. You know, we were at that time, we were talking about £15 tickets. Um, so that's how we managed to kind of survive the storm, which was COVID in, in 2020 and, you know, why we're, we're here. Okay, we didn't give refunds, but the, everyone that had their tickets can obviously use them this year. So they weren't, it wasn't dead money. We just said, please, just hold on. Please, please, please hold on. You can use your tickets into this year. So that was a strategy that, that we used. We put our faces, my face, my father's face, to, to our announcement. Um, you know, people could contact us directly. They could have it out with us if they want. There was very, very, very few. I think less than 10 people were a little bit kind of angry about it. I've spoken to every single one of them since, and they're all absolutely fine. They're coming to the event this year, and I'll buy them a drink afterwards to say thank you. So it was survival mode initially um people being reactive as we were and then we because because of that strategy we chose which was a little bit controversial to start with has allowed us to, to survive and we go into 2021 and in 54 days we get to put on a, a, an event which should have been you know nearly 350 days ago <laughs> but I think I, I think it's important for people to understand the need to be genuine and the, and the need to be, you know, willing to actually have those difficult conversations. Because I think I think often people try to hide behind the company, try to hide behind, you know, jargon or whatever it is. But I think in your case, you're more than willing to actually get out there and speak to people one to one and really put your face behind uh, behind you know, what you're trying to say and, and actually be honest and upfront. And I think often that's, that's a missing in business. Sometimes people, people try to hide behind lies or myth or whatever it is, but just being honest and upfront is perhaps the best kind of thing to thing to do, I guess, in that, in, in that situation. Yeah. Well, it, it, it works well for us. Um, don't get me wrong. There was an element of risk, but that's, that's business and running your own business every day. There's an element of risk because you're making the decisions. You're not, you've not got, not got someone else taking making those risks, taking those risks for you. You are taking them, and yeah, I think putting your face to it, and you know, if people want to contact me, they can contact me directly. We're very personal. We we deal with everyone ourselves, um, and I think that's that's definitely something to do with the success that we that we've had, and hopefully going to have in the in the future. Mark, we are we are getting close to to our to our lot of time, but I have to ask finally. Uh, where can people find you? People can find me uh, if you go on supercarfest.co.uk. Um, there's information about our two events there. We're running very short. I'm not doing a big plug here because I don't need to, but we're running very short on tickets for the May event. Unfortunately, we've got to, we've got to run under um, restricted guidelines with, with attendance, so we can only have 4,000 people there. So we're running at about 50%. Um, Instagram at supercarfest and uh, Facebook at Supercar Fest as well. You can find everything you want on there. 
And I am Mark at supercarfest.co.uk. I told you I don't hide. <laughs> Mark, it is such an absolute pleasure. I've got nothing but admiration for what you're trying to do. And uh, I really do look forward to, 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 to seeing what's in store for the future. And um, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mo. Um, there's a ticket waiting for you in May. Thank you very much. Thank you. Speak <laughs> to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks, Mo. Take care.